2: Do the Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. The number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Billy Turner on the show today. Our conversation uh, as part of... Uh, a collection of work that I'm going to be doing so we're going to have this podcast with him and then I'm also writing a story about uh, you know some of his off the field work and his personality some of the art that he's doing and I don't want to preempt the story but maybe once the story comes out I will air uh, our conversation the first half of it we had a two part conversation part of it's going to be for this story that I'm writing and the other part is going to be for the podcast I did the same thing with Alan Lazard and that's going to be next week. And so we're going to have that conversation for you. And then there's also going to be a companion editorial piece, a written piece uh, about Alan Lazard's journey and getting to the point that he is now. The podcast is going to be about this season and his adjustments. And he, there is one moment that for him is seminal in Everything about his development, and you will hear it from him. That'll be next week. Devontae Adams practiced on Wednesday. That is the big news this week. And while it was a walkthrough of sorts, no helmets, no pads, just him being out there and looking closer to full speed is a big deal for this team. He was very optimistic, speaking after practice. He said, you know, look, my foot's a little sore when I push off of it, but he was still able to go in, in practice. And I don't know that he was running full-speed routes, you know, maybe 75%. That is not to say that he is only 75%. It was, after all, a walk-through practice, so no one is going 100%. This is the, the best sign yet, that We've seen that Devontae Adams could play and this feels like the logical progression last week He went out he stretched he got a little bit of work in and then he would go do rehab He still is dealing with some soreness and that is to be expected that does not by the way mean that He's still hurt per se Think about if you've ever twisted your ankle you know, I, I I twisted my ankle really bad playing basketball once. I had to be in a walking boot. It was purple. It was black. It was disgusting. And even once the doctor said, okay, you can lose the boot and then said you can lose the crutches and said, okay, you can, you can walk on it. It hurt. Still hurt because you've lost strength in it and everything is not quite back to where it needs to be in terms of stability and it's going to it's going to hurt and when you strain that part of your body that's been healing it it needs to recover and so it's going to take some soreness it's going to it's going to take some of that pain potentially to push through and get better even sometimes you have to you have to deal with that because it helps get it stronger and and it builds you back to where you need to get to be 100%. So I don't think, because we don't have the the medical information here, I don't want to speculate. My point is in saying this is we cannot assume that because he has the pain that he is not um, healed. I guess is is the best way to put that. And and you know you can be you can be healed and not 100% too. So. I don't, I don't want to parse it too much because you know I think we risk getting into a lot of the speculation. It looks like right now he's got a decent chance to play. Now, how much he'll play, I think, is going to be a fair question. We, when we look at the model that's already been set, you know, Jeronimo Allison comes off injury, MVS comes off injury, and they play, you know, 30 percent of snaps, 40 percent of snaps. Kevin King did that when he was coming back from his uh, hamstring injury. They said, "Okay, you can play, but we're not going to stress you. We're not, we're, we're just going to bring you back short and, and sweet bursts." And I I think that's a that's a smart approach. And I, I you know I understand the way that Mike McCarthy used to do it. If you're healthy enough to play, you're going to play. I I don't know, you know I'm sure there's there's medical science mm-hmm. and sports science that that suggests one approach is better than the other. There there in fact is probably competing science. On this. Uh, and so I don't want to go down that rabbit hole either. Uh, but for the purposes of what we're going to see on the field, I think there's a good chance we're going to see Devontae Adams. The question is going to be are we going to see some of these other pieces? And how, how do things change, if at all? If Devontae Adams comes back, what does that mean for the other guys that are on the field? How much is Jay Kumarow going to play? How much is Alan Lazard going to play? And I think Alan Lazard, who continues to be You know, the last two weeks, he's been the number one snapped receiver on this team. His ascendance is real. There can no longer be a doubt. So my expectation is that when Devontae comes back, it is going to be some combination of Devontae, Lazard, MVS, Allison, and Kumaro, and it's going to be Devontae rotating in in this early stage, you know, I think he'll probably play 30-40% of snaps, I think that would be a conservative approach for the Packers and I think that's likely the approach that they're going to take. We'll see how he responds to what happened on Wednesday as we get the Thursday practice report. They're traveling Friday, there's going to be a walk through Saturday. So, you know, we'll we'll know for sure I think on Saturday, but it may go up right up until Sunday. And I I don't think that there should be considerable concern if the Packers are saying, "Well, we're going to wait right up until you know game time," I don't think we can assume that that means they're pushing him unnecessarily. I think it's all about what can his body take and and what risk is he. And I I don't think the Packers' doctors would put him out there if he was at risk of further injury. If it's just right now a soreness and pain tolerance uh, issue as he gets back from injury, then I think that becomes easier for the team to say, "Yeah." it's okay to put him out there. Now, the other question is not just who's going to be out there with him from a receiver standpoint. It's are they going to get Jay Sternberger and Ibrahim Campbell back? Now, I I think Jay Sternberger makes the most sense uh, as that that next roster spot. There is an extra spot open right now. They did cut Evan Bayless. Uh, He and Shepard are back on the practice squad. But when you lose a tight end, Big Bob Tanyan still not back from that hip injury. It seems hard to me to believe they would go into any game with just two tight ends. So my guess is you're going to activate Sternberger. Okay, that gets you to 53. So then what happens if you want to activate Ibrahim Campbell? You can do that, and you're going to have to cut someone. And then the question becomes, okay, are you going to cut someone that you want to bring back on the practice squad? Or someone that you think is going to get claimed. Because Ryan Grant, if you cut him, you know, maybe he gets picked up. And you don't want to do that. You just spent two weeks with him on the roster. Ryan Grant also is a potential Darius Shepard fill in. So you lose that receiver. You've got, you know, a banged up Devontae Adams. You know, MVS is not 100%. Allison is not 100%. So maybe you want to keep Grant as insurance for all of that. And then Tim Williams. You know, he he has been inactive, but you only have really the four base outside linebackers that that are, are on the roster currently. So one injury, and all of a sudden, you know, you might have some depth issues. Tim Williams provides important depth. So how do you get to Ibrahim Campbell? I think the most likely option is Adam Pankey. And the reason for that, frankly, is that Elton Jenkins has played awesome he was excellent against Kansas City and they they have other guys that they can play Lucas Patrick has played Alex Light has played and then Cole Madison is the other guy who has been on the team but inactive so there is a redundancy there now you, you'd like to have him but he is not someone who if he's playing you feel at all good about And you have at least two other people playing similar positions. Panky can play guard or tackle, but you have a tackle you'd prefer to play. And you have an interior offensive lineman in Lucas Patrick who can play guard or center, who you would prefer to play. So I think that leaves Panky as the odd man out in a situation like this. You know, I know that there are some Packer fans who are like, oh, you know, just cut Will Redmond or whatever. Probably not. But... (laughs) You know, they, they have some options to deal with this. You know, we'll see if Ryan Grant is actually a part of the plan here. And if he is, he's probably going to stay on the team. If he is really just an emergency option, I think he has the potential to be more than that, but we'll see. Then, you know, if he's just an emergency guy, just a body to have just in case, well, then, yeah, you can afford to cut him because you have multiple receivers on the practice squad, including Darius Shepard. Offensive lineman that you've invested time into, you know, do you do you want to cut those guys? Maybe not. So I can understand the wisdom there, but look, they need someone like Ibrahim Campbell on the field. And, and we don't know what the time frame is of Raven Green. That, that ankle injury looked pretty gnarly. And so, you know, th- this defense looked at its best with him on the field, that's for sure. But Campbell could give them a similar kind of look. So do they do they get the opportunity this week to deploy him? If they do, obviously they have to make one of these decisions on another roster spot. And it could be as full strength as they've been all year. And you, you don't have Lane Taylor, and that's a bummer for him. But I don't know that it's a downgrade for the Packers and Lane was already on the verge of losing his job b- before the injury. So really, you know, once Devontae gets back, if Sternberger gets back, Tanyan is working his way back, and you get Campbell back, you know, that's that's pretty close to 100%. I think there's a good there's a good chance if Campbell had been healthy to start training camp, he actually wins that job and is the starter over Green anyway. So the Packers are 7 and 1 and could be getting close to a situation where they're they got all their guys. And that's where you want to be. I mean, they've weathered the Devontae Adams storm. Even if they lost this week, you you would say that that you know, without Devontae Adams, let's say he doesn't play, and they lose, it would it would be a bummer for sure for the Packers. Uh, and that would I it would be surprising, I think. But there's no question that going four and one in five games without Devonte Adams is an unqualified success even if that one loss would be a disappointment overall. So, you know, this is an exciting time for the Packers. They have the bye coming up as well. So, you know, this this is an important game. I think the game itself has fallen by the wayside a little bit, and that's unfortunate, and, and you know, we have this interview now, and so... We're not even going to get a chance to talk about the Chargers. Haven't really, outside of Crossover Wednesday, spent that much time on them, which is why we're going to get the extra show on Friday with Jason Hershorn, America's guest. And remember, we're still going to have that Periscope show as well, Periscope only. So if you want to listen to the bonus Locked On Packers, you got to go follow me on Periscope and you got to watch the show there. As a true football fan. You already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Aaron Rodgers will keep the Packers in the game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So, why aren't you doing the same? My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up to date liners and most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. Where you're betting, is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing and go to my bookie. Best part right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. They're gonna give you money just for depositing money with them. You put a thousand dollars in, they will give you a thousand dollars back. No risky teases, no money line parlays, none of that. Just money just for playing. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. At mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. David Harrison
1: here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit dave's killer to learn more and look for dave's killer bread
2: in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right you know him better than most guests that we have <laughs> Billy Turner is the starting right guard for the Green Bay Packers. You can follow him on Twitter at Big underscore Mountain 77, a free agent acquisition in the offseason, and a guy who has has really righted the ship after a little bit of a slow start, and that's something that that we're going to get into, all of that. So, Billy, thanks for joining the show, and I want to start with this. When you first got to Green Bay, uh, one of the first things that, that – anyone publicly said about you on the team was Aaron Rodgers talking about your personality, talking about your size and your impact on the field, that it just, it feels different in the huddle to have you in there. And, and he was talking about that in a good way. When someone like Aaron Rodgers, who you, I mean, I don't know if you know him or not, says something like that. I mean, that affirmation, I would assume means a lot.
0: Yeah. It, uh, it definitely brings a lot of Positivity and a lot of confidence—not only to, you know, your game and whatnot—but it just brings a lot of positivity and confidence to life. Just because having someone of that caliber take notice of not only your game and the way you play, but the presence that you bring to the locker room and to the team means a lot. I uh, I pride myself on, you know, being as positive as happy and just, you know just enlightening as possible just because the game that we play, there's a lot of negativity built around it. On the outside, looking in, if you've not played this game or been a part of it, you know, you may not understand that, but, you know, there's new guys in the locker room every day. There's guys that are getting cut, that are getting released, that are getting traded. There's guys losing their jobs, you know what I mean, every single day. So there's a lot of negativity that is built around – this profession and this game, and being able to promote positivity, I feel like is something that is only going to further help everyone's goals on this team. And that is to be the best team, obviously, in the NFL, but ultimately, that is to win a Super Bowl. And you don't just win a Super Bowl by chance, and you don't just go out there and play games and to play your best just by chance. You know what I mean? You can have great players on your team. But if you guys aren't vibing and if you guys aren't connecting as a team as a whole and you're not close and you're not bonding and you don't have that that cohesion amongst all of you, then honestly you're just not going to be that successful. And I've been a part of teams in the NFL that have been like that. And being on those teams, it just kind of showed me one thing, that that's not something that I want to be a part of. You know, so – In free agency, when I did pick Green Bay, I was excited just because I knew the tradition and I knew the bond that they, you know, historically have had on their football teams, and that was something that I was excited for. So to be able to get here and to have, you know, one of the greatest players of all time and Aaron Rodgers and one of the best offensive linemen in the league and David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, and Brian Balaga basically, you know, come up to me and, Take notice of not only my game, but my personality and what I'm bringing to the table in the locker room. That meant a lot to me.
2: Yeah, and and the on Sunday, you had the, the five-minute drive. Uh, you had uh, early in, earlier in the season, there was, I think, an eight-minute drive to close out a game where the Packers get the ball back. And that's just it. It's game over. It's it's not the four minute offense. It's the five minute offense. Or in in, in the case of, of that game a few weeks ago, it was the eight minute offense is is that as good as it gets as an offensive lineman to close the game out like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's what everyone strives for, you know. The game of football, especially at the professional level, there's a lot of adversity, and that's no different than any other profession or any other walk of life. There's always going to be adversity that everyone faces, but in the game of football at the professional level, if you're able to close a game out with the ball in your hands, and you're able to close the game out with a uh, four-minute, five, six, seven, all the way up to an eight-minute drive, you know what, that says a lot about your football team and that says a lot about everyone on on the team and on the offense as a whole. That's what we strive for each and every week is to be 1-0, but to be able to finish, you know, a, a tough-fought game out with the ball in your hands on a long drive like that and being able to get first downs to run the football and being able to rely on your quarterback and your receivers and running backs to run and catch the football, that means everything.
2: Yeah, what was your adjustment period like in this offense? Because I know, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to make headlines, his relationship with Matt LaFleur and, and all of that. But, you know, an offensive lineman, it's going to take time. Cohesion is a big part of of what goes on with offensive line play. So what, for you, what was your learning curve like getting uh, acclimated, playing with these guys, playing in this offense, and and just sort of trying to get yourself worked into a groove here?
0: You know, the, the easiest part, of that was just me showing up and me being welcomed into the room with open arms. You know, being able to vibe with the guys in the room, that was, that was the easiest part for me. And once that happened, I knew that the football stuff was going to just continue to progress forward, you know, at a good rate. And it was going to be positive. So, you know, these guys on this team, they've been in the same system, you know, for 10 plus years. They've been running the same offense. You know, so for LaFleur to come in and his staff and to basically tell everyone, look, you guys have been great in the past and all that, but we're running a completely new scheme. There's going to be new terminology, so on and so forth. You know, that was something that all these guys had to get used to because they've been running the same offense for 10 years. So the second aspect of that that was easy was we were all on the same learning curve. You know, every year since I've been in the NFL – I've had a new offense every single year. I've had six different offenses with six different terminologies every single year, so I'm used to putting new stuff in and learning new stuff. So I was able to help some of the guys from that aspect 100%, but we were all, you know, on the same learning curve. We were all learning new things, we were all learning new techniques and concepts. So that that was the easy part of that and, you know, just being able to vibe with everyone on and off the field, you can tell on the field that when we're out there, communication is a lot easier, it's a lot better, and it definitely you know carries over into our play.
2: All right, we're going to get back to our conversation with Billy Turner in just a second, but before we do, I want to talk to you about Peloton because right now they're offering a deal to our listeners. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED. All right, back to Billy. Where would you say right now the offense is in terms of its development? Because you know you've been playing the last you know few weeks without Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers playing at extremely high level, Aaron Jones playing at extremely high level. It seems like the offensive line is doing well, but that there is still another gear that that you can get to when everyone's on the field, everyone's healthy, everyone's working together.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's that's the best part about this offense is you don't have to rely on one single person or one single position group. We're able to run the football, we're able to throw the football, we're able to you know, run play actions, and we're able to spread the football around. So you know, as a defense game planning that, it's like, where do you put your focus? Yeah, you can put your focus on 12. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You, you can focus on him, but at the end of the day, it's like, you you focus on him and we're running the football, what good does that do you? You know what I mean? It's not like you can just focus on Devontae Adams because Devontae hasn't been playing the last couple of weeks, and we've been able to spread the football around to a bunch of different dudes, and we've continued to excel, you know, not only as a team but as an offense, definitely. So, like you said, there's definitely another gear to this offense, and that's the best part is there's really – there's really no peak. It just continues to progress forward and to go up. And we're going in the right direction. We all have the same goal at the end of every week, and that is to be 1-0. and And the best part about this team is, is that every single game that we have won has been in a different way. Special teams has played a big role. Defense has played a big role. Offense has played a big role. You know what I mean? You, we don't just kind of rely on – one aspect of our team to get us forward and to move us forward to win every single game and that's the most impressive part in my eyes is you know being able to go into football games and knowing that you know we're able to pick each other up and we're able to carry each other from every different aspect of the game
2: yeah i want to i want to finish up with this and i appreciate you taking the time uh, Matt LaFleur in his opening press conference uh, there was a lot of comments about he, he looks young he looks a little nervous you know is, is he going to be able to, to handle things and and I, there was even uh, some commentary from players who were like that first meeting you know is this what's going on here and then eventually it seems like he's gotten more comfortable and and now it seems like everyone is sort of on the same page that he's really made progress. What have you seen from from Coach Lafleur and the en- entire coaching staff as as they are getting? You know, he talks all the time about understanding you guys and what you do well. But how has has your adjustment been to this coaching staff, and and what have you seen from them?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a a different um, it's a different part of this of this profession is. Becoming a head coach is one thing. Um, But then becoming a head coach and being a younger head coach and then stepping in front of a room of 90 football players, 90 grown men who are basically just all ears, but a lot of different egos, a lot of different personalities and just a lot of different people. But being able to step into a room like that and to basically say, hey. I know you guys have had success in the past. I know you guys have done things one way, but the bottom line is is I'm here to uh I'm here to change things up and I'm here to I'm going to be your head football coach and we're going to do things in a different way. You know, that's not always the easiest thing and change is always change is not necessarily the easiest thing in any aspect of life, mm-hmm. but to be able to step in front of a group of men like that and to basically say all that and then fast forward to you know week eight week nine where we're at right now to see the progress that has been made and just to see how everyone has basically jumped on board and has been on his side and everyone's been playing not only for you know the guy to the left to the right but to be able to play for your coaches as well that means a lot and that says a lot about him as a coach to be able to step into that position and to have the success that he's had.
2: Yeah, winning breeds confidence, right? I mean, yeah. that's when you when you preach a message and then you see it born out on the field. It's easy to say, "Hey, that's my guy now."
0: Yeah, it, it is, man, and it uh, it develops a lot of trust, and especially in this profession, you know. And I know that that was uh, something a lot of the headlines and a lot of people were worried about was Lafleur and Rogers, but you know, that, that's that's what is funny to me in this profession is the media says a lot of things, and the media kind of portrays things, but when you're in the locker room, it's a completely different dynamic. You know, you see 12, and you see Lafleur walking around, and they're just shooting the shit, they're joking around, but they're having fun, and they're having fun because they're having success, and they're on the same page. You know, it's not always... LeFleur coming to Aaron and being like oh what do you think about this it's Aaron going to him and being like okay well what do you think about this you know they play off each other very well and the blend and the bonds that not only them but the whole team and the whole staff has right now as a whole is very special
2: that's awesome insight and let the record reflect I did not ask about the relationship thing so I was not part of that narrative Billy uh, yeah. do not put that on me
0: <laughs> uh, I, got uh, I got you I got you I got you
2: I appreciate you taking the time today. This has been great.
0: Yeah, yeah. appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much.
2: All right. I want to thank Billy again for joining the show. I love the anecdotes at the end there, the ones about about Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and their relationship. I just, I I was, and I'm glad he brought it up. I'm glad he brought it up so that I didn't have to. I, I felt like I wanted to ask. You feel like you're not doing your duty as a journalist if you're not asking, and yet uh, you also feel like you're you're sort of caving to mainstream narratives, if you ask. But it, you know, it is a story, I guess, because we made it one all off season. I tried not to, and I tried to tell you on this show not to worry about it. But uh, it is something that obviously everyone talks about it. So it's something you want to ask. Hey, what do you, what is your perception of it? What's the deal? What's going on? And this is how things you know self perpetuate and all that stuff. We don't have to dive down that rabbit hole we've gone down enough on today's show we're gonna be back tomorrow and tomorrow's show is going to be with jason hershorn who covers the chargers for sports illustrated he covers the packers for sb nation he also works at nfl.com so he is everywhere you want him to be is that visa or mastercard everywhere you want to be doesn't matter they don't sponsor the show jason is where you want him to be tomorrow and that is Unlocked on Packers. You should be there, too. And to make sure you are, to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any place you find Podcast Stitcher. Tune in. Uh, there's a million apps. Whichever one you use, this is, you're probably listening to this on there right now. And you're like, dude, I, I don't, I don't, I'm listening to the show. What are you talking about? You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. We'd love it when you do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.